Lead Our Mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 12, Addicted to Busy. And I just have to say that you all rock my world because the reviews and stars and all the feedback you're giving me with the podcast is like next level. It's not even right because my whole mission and purpose and passion in life, I literally lose sleep over this topic, is how can I help more moms? How can I help more dads? How can I help the people, the people of the universe? How can I help more people connect and have some fun with their kids? Because kids are meant to be fun and enjoyed and loved on. And we learn a ton from them. Instead of thinking of all the things you want to teach them, think of all the things that they're here to teach us. Because I always harp the 940 Saturdays, not to freak you out, but to inspire you of like, this time goes by like a flash. Like I have a third and sixth grader. Like what? And you're probably looking at the grade your kids are in and be like, how did this happen? And so I don't want you to sleepwalk through the 18 years and get to the end of 18 years at graduation and be like, what just happened? I want you to be conscious and present and awake during it only because I was given the gift of consciousness and presence and awakeness. That's even a word. When they were like three and five. So it was such a gift given to me. That that's why I pay it forward and pay it forward and pay it forward to show you what's possible every single day. There's nothing wrong with your child. There's not like a defect in the child making factory. You have the exact child that you need to teach you where you need to grow. And it's very normal to bring baggage into your relationship with your child. What I'm trying to teach people is to leave the baggage at the door, sort that baggage out separate from your child. Because a lot of times we use the, the child as a pawn to heal that old wound in current time. And then we just recreate the old wound in current time. And that's what I call crazy making. Okay. I don't want pain from my past coming into my present. I don't know about you, but I'm kind of done with that. And I don't also want you to come become from a place of victimhood of, I had this pain, this thing happened. My mom should have done this. My dad should have done this. They shouldn't have done this. They should like, no, it all happened just the way it was supposed to. You know how I know? Because it all happened just the way it was supposed to. Byron Katie says, when you argue with reality, you will always be hundred percent wrong. It's like me waking up today and be like, listen, the lottery numbers were wrong on Saturday. And so I ruminate and perseverate. And I think about the lottery numbers. They were wrong and they shouldn't have, they shouldn't have been this number. Like, no, that is crazy making. And those thoughts do not serve me, nor do they serve you to think about your past and try to recreate it. And why didn't she, and why didn't he, and they should have, and they, no, it all happened the exact way it's supposed to happen. There's no more leave it to beaver and that's okay. You don't need to create leave it to beaver in your own home. B minus baby. That's what we're shooting for. Don't put the pressure on yourself or on your children for a plus life. Because when you do that, it is no fun. Because we're taught all of our lives 
Go for the A, go for the A, go for the A, go for the A, A plus, A plus, A plus, A plus is best. How about the Bs and Cs and Ds? Like those are all okay too. Like how is it all going to average out after the 940 Saturdays? So when I have a D day or a D moment, or I'm like, it's all going to average out. I love the strainer analogy of kids don't remember the little moments. They remember all like the average GPA of their emotional life from zero to 18. Like the big moments and the boring moments and all the little moments, they all go into like this big strainer. And so all the beautiful memories and the love and the kindness and abundance, those are the rocks that's, that stay in the strainer. And all that other stuff of like, you forgot to sign the paper. You picked me up late. Why did I make this? Why did I do this? Why did I? It's all just flies through the strainer. Because at the core of the strainer, we want to have left behind the love, abundance, kindness, caring, just knowing that my mom always has my back and my dad always has my back. Like when they have that sense of belonging, they're not searching externally for that sense of belonging, but we can give that to them only if we have it ourselves. So we have to belong to ourselves. And that's why I talk so much about Saturn, because the way you feel about yourself and you think about yourself really matters because you're going to only project that onto your child. And so Cassie writes, as a review, this podcast is so encouraging. I'm a stepmom who is struggling with my stepson's behavior. I definitely need to learn the praising the good is so much better than pointing out the bad. I highly recommend this podcast and love listening to it. Oh, thank you, Cassie. I'm like helping stepsons now. Like what? But that fuels me up because every day my brain says, you don't want to go do that. No, stop it. Just play small. You don't need to put all this money into a podcast. Podcasting is not cheap, people. Like I'm just, I'm doing this literally because I want to help the moms and I want to help the dads. I want to help all the people. I want to have them connect more, have more fun and no more yelling. When I get emails saying I haven't yelled in a week, I'm like high five you virtually. Like that is next level. And I know that nothing changed other than your thoughts about your child because your thoughts drive your feelings, which drive your actions, which drive your results. The problem is that our brain is not always on board with that little game plan because the brain wants to seek pleasure avoid pain and be efficient at all times. So the brain doesn't really like thinking happy, joyful thoughts. That's why I said how to be happy in that podcast, how joy is the most vulnerable human emotion possible. So the brain doesn't really like joy because it's like, woo, darling, this feels vulnerable and scary. Let's just try to sabotage this and beat it to the punch. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. And so today I'm talking about addicted to busy. And a lot of times that old pain that I was talking about it comes up in current time. And so we buffer away from it. Brooke talks about buff buffering all the time. We try to, we're all, I feel like we're all like Forrest Gump, just running from emotions, running from the pain, running from the past, running from anything that could possibly hurt us. Cause that's the brain doing its job. That's the primitive part of our brain doing its job. Nothing has gone wrong. It's all okay. So picture yourself like Forrest Gump running from emotions. And I'm here to tell you that emotions are not as scary as we make them. And when Brooke said emotion is just a vibration going through your body, I was like, huh, that's really all it is. Instead of running from them and running from them and putting kids in timeout when they have negative or complex emotions, how about we lean into them and teach the kids how to lean into them? But we have to know how to do that first. So we don't have to be the Forrest Gump of the world because when we're running from the pain and running from the past and running from any emotion that we're scared of, then life feels so exhausting. I asked on Facebook a couple weeks ago, and I talked about this in the last podcast about Saturn. How much time a day do you have for downtime? And people were like, what is downtime? 
And that just tells me that you're putting your child or your job or your spouse or your life just in the center of Saturn instead of feeding yourself first so you can feed others, filling up your cup so you can fill up others. Just like they say on the, on the airplane, you have to put on your own oxygen mask first. Why do they do that? Because you cannot help your child put on their oxygen, oxygen mask if you don't have yours on. It's like life 101. And so when I talk about self-love and self-care, you know, I'm all about the massages. I'm all about the pedicures. I'm all about the naps. That's all well and good. But I want you to have more self-love, more self-care on the way you talk to yourself, the way you treat yourself, because your relationship with yourself really matters. My relationship with David is thriving because we spend time together. I say nice things to him. I do nice things for him. I think about him kindly. When I think about him when I'm not with him, I'm thinking kind thoughts. So when he comes home, I am like, hey, how you doing? How was your day? That is my energy. It's not like, hey, what? Mm -hmm." Or not even acknowledge him when he walks in the door because my thoughts about him are very loving. Things I do for him are very loving. So then that's flowing out of me. And then guess what comes back? That comes back to me. Men are very simple. Very simple. They just reflect the energy that they're receiving. The same thing works with our relationship with ourselves. How are we talking to ourselves? How are we treating ourselves? How are we nurturing ourselves? How are we doing nice things for ourselves? Instead of buffering and pushing it away and eating the ding-dongs and laying on the couch and watching Netflix. Self-love comes from moving your body, eating good foods. I said a quote the other day in the parenting boot camp. I said, it's so ironic that everyone says they eat fast food because they have no time. But fast food is the exact food that slows us down. It makes us feel lethargic and tired. And it's like putting the wrong gas into the car. And so I see so many moms just like, go, 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 go. And they never take a chance to just be, be, be. And that's all the kids want. So when Lily was like four or five, we were having a lot. And I mean, a lot of problems with her behavior. It was like walking on eggshells all day, every day. And it wasn't Lily, even though I blamed Lily. I would send diagnosis to David. I'd be like, I think she has this disorder. I think she has this diagnosis. I think, I think, I think. And he'd write back, so, and, question, question mark. Like, what's your point? I was like, I'm really sure she has social anxiety. I am, look at this evidence that I have. And I was like proving my case to him. And I loved what he wrote back. He's like, and, what's your point? Like, this is the child we have. And I just did not want it to be my fault. I didn't want it to be me. So I was like, and I didn't want to be Lily because I loved her so much. So I was like, if she has a diagnosis, then I can kind of know what I'm dealing with. It was all unconscious thinking. So when David was little, he and his brother um, would spend a week each, one at a time, each summer with their grandparents. They would come and pick them up and then they would drive and they'd spend a week with their grandparents. It was really great memories for him. Huge boulder that left behind in a strainer. So he's recreating that now with the kids. The only problem is not problem, but his parents live in another state. We're in Florida. They're in South Carolina. So David goes with them on the flight because obviously they can't drive and pick him up and have the one-on-one time. So David's kind of like the third wheel, but it's still, it's, it's still a beautiful, beautiful experience. And so David's taking Lily for a week to South Carolina. And I'm like, bless you, my child. She's going to cry from the time she wakes up to the time she goes to bed. He's like, I know it's going to be rough, but you know, this it's her turn. I got to take her. I mean, when I think back to my thinking about Lily, it was so negative and I was just like looking for evidence of it because my brain was so focused on the negative about Lily that I would find evidence for it. 
and our thoughts drive our feelings, which drive our actions, which drive our results. So once you clean up your thinking, then your feelings, actions, and results change too. It's like magic. But I didn't know this at the time. That's why I'm like screaming from the rooftops about this. So he takes her and I'm like, how was the flight? I'm texting him like a crazy woman. I'm like, how was the flight? I was like pacing. I was like, how? she was like, he was fine. she was fine. I'm like, uh, just wait, buddy. The other shoe's about to drop. Like, think about, like, this is me saying this about my daughter. Like, here I am now, like, looking for the good, look for the good, look for the good, look for the good, and look for the, it's okay when they're not always good, 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 good. That's okay. Like, you want them to have negative emotions so you can teach them what to do with those negative emotions, but we have to learn that first. Anyway, I didn't know any of this. So I'm texting like I'm a crazy person. I'm like a helicopter mom from Florida. How's it going now? How's it going now? And he'd be like, it's really creepy, Kelly. I tell her to go put on her shoes and she goes and does it. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, I know. Stand by. I'm like, just wait. I kept saying, just wait. And that's what people keep telling me about Lily when she's a teenager. They're like, just wait, just wait. I'm like, um, I'm a conscious parent. So I can't wait to see all I can learn from the teen world. I can't wait till Grady's a teenager. And everyone's like doom and gloom. I'm like, we have such a good relationship. So close. I love hanging out with my kids. They're like, just wait. I'm like, actually, no, I'm not going to wait for the other shoe to drop because I'm loving right now. And I'm going to love tomorrow because I'm accepting the as is of every single moment. So you can just wait to see how much fun teen land is going to be. I feel like teens get such a bad rep. It's like if they act out, it's like their hormones, their hormones. Like, no, they're just having a negative complex emotion. Like we all do. I'm 44. I don't think I still have hormones changing and raging. Like how about they say like to the kid, oh, wait till your mom's 44. Oh, it's going to be rough. It's, and they're like, oh, it's kind of like when I used to have the first graders in the kindergarten parents would, the kid, the whole staff would come to me. They're like, oh, no way you have Johnny, you have Johnny. And I'm like, what, what, what? And that's what people are doing with the teen land. I'm like, oh, hello. It's called conscious parenting. Anyway, I segue. So the whole time there, my thought is all like, I was having like thought errors over and over, like, uh, uh, uh. like what? She's listening. She's behaving. She's, and I'm like, but you, oh, another thing, what I didn't tell you about David's, David's family and David's parents, they live in a very, very small town. I'm talking one stop sign. And we live in a place where all, there's so much to do. And that's all we were doing because Lily was having so much social problems and so much social anxiety, which I had labeled her as, what did I do? I, I scheduled more play dates. I scheduled more birthday parties. I scheduled, not that I scheduled the birthday parties, but I said yes to all the birthday parties. I was waking up and going to the library at eight. Then I was going to the water park. Then I was going to the play date. Then I was like, I was like, go, go, go. And I'd be home for nap time. Then we go back out to the pool and like, it was insanity, but I was so afraid of messing up this parenting journey that I felt if I just gave them the experiences that they needed to have in their life, then they would act out less. They'd be appreciative. And I felt so unappreciated of all the things I'm like busting my tail to create this dream childhood. And all they're doing is crying. Well, Lily's crying and Grady's just hitting everybody. So I'm like, well, this isn't wor- really working. Let me just schedule more. So it was like, I was so afraid of failing that I scheduled more. So I would almost like check the box. Like I'm doing all the things I'm checking all the boxes that I'm taking them to story time. I'm doing, I like double down on parenting. The more they acted out, the more I doubled down on parenting. I was like, well, clearly it's something more that they need. So let me give them more. So crazy when I think back. Oh my gosh. And I was so afraid of failing. Like that was the core. That was the emotion that was feeding me all the time. And they acted out a little bit less when we're out in public. 
because I was like given the stairs and they were so active and so busy. I'm like, let me just keep them busy, busy, busy. So they act out less, less, less. So David's family and parents have the opposite. They're like, there's not a Walmart within 45 minutes. There's not a lot to do there. And I, that's why I was really worried about her. I'm like, what is she going to do? She, you know, we're not big TV electronics people. So what is she going to do? He's like, I don't know. We were both like saying prayers before he left, like peace be with you. And every single day it got better and better with his reports. And I'm like, what is going on? And I couldn't even appreciate the reports. Like she's having a good time, like good for her. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Like that was how big my ego was. It was like, clearly it can't be me. I'm like, oh, it's because she has one-on-one time with you. And he's like, yeah, but I was, you know, I went, I left to go to such and such. And he was just, she was just my mom and dad and she was fine. I'm like, well, that's just because she had one-on-one with your parents. Like just throw Grady into the mix. Let's see. I mean, listen to me. I can't even like accept that she's doing a great job and having fun. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, oh, she has one on three adults. Like, of course she's happy. Of course she's content. Whatever. You know, it was almost like the parent who comes to me, they're like, why does my child act up at home all day, every day, but with you, they don't. And they're like mad at me about it. They're like, this is so wrong. And I'm like, um, I don't know, but they're on a dream child. Like, well, they just save it all for me. I'm like, wait till she gets home. She's going to save it all for me. So this goes on for a solid week, people. I'm not talking like a good day. It was like good days. And so she gets home and I'm just like on eggshells waiting for the next, you know, let me peel the banana, right? I was like always on edge because I don't want to make Lily mad because then the whole ripple effect of Lily would get upset. Then I'd feel like a failure. Then I would act out at 40 or 38 years old. I was acting out. Then David would get mad that Lily made me mad. And then Grady, who's like happy-go-lucky sliding on a unicorn, he's a happy-go-lucky sliding on rainbows kind of kid. He's like, what is with all this tension? And he would just cry and hit because he didn't know how else to act it out. Kids don't know how to act, talk about how they're feeling. So they just act it out. A behavior is always a language to you. It's like a red light. It's like the car goes on in your, the light goes on in your car, take the car to the mechanic. So instead of always punishing and timeouts and, and it's like, you're feeling like you're at Chuck E. Cheese and you're and always hitting down those hedgehogs. It's like, pop up, pop up. When you're always feeling that's very reactive parenting. I want to teach you more proactive parenting of being like super curious of what's going on. I wasn't that curious. So that's why I felt so exhausted by the end of the day. So she comes home and she is like a completely different child. I like peel the banana wrong. She's like, mommy, next time, can you peel it in a banana the other way? I give her the wrong sippy cup. And I was almost like testing her. I was like, oh wait, the sippy cup that she likes is in the washer. I'm going to give her this one. She's going to flip out. And then she'd be like, huh, mommy, next time, can you give me the green one? I was like, what is going on? She is like, I'm like, what happened up there? And David's like, I don't know. I asked his parents and he's like, she's like, I don't know. She was delightful. I'm like, delightful. And then she came home and she was delightful. I'm like, what is going on people? So then I would, you know, I was like almost testing her. I'm like, I can't wait for the other shoe to drop. She's just like having a, you know, South Carolina hangover. Then Grady would like take her toy. She's like, Grady, to give me my toy, please. I'll give it back to you in five minutes. I'm like, what is going on? So I remember I literally pulled her to the side. I actually pulled her in this closet that I'm sitting in right now doing the podcast. I have a, I'm doing the podcast from a closet for those of you who don't know, because the sound is amazing in here. Ironically, this is where I had the conversation. I pulled her in this closet and I said, Lily, she's like four or five. She's very articulate and she always has been for her age, but she's still four or five years old. And I'm like asking her for advice. Like, what is going on with you? I said, hey, sweetie pie, getting all sweetsy, sweetsy. When I was becoming, side note, when I was becoming conscious and um, 
like I was in between and I was like trying not to yell or was trying not to snap or was trying not to bark. I was trying not to, I'd be like, listen, I am using my nice voice. So please do what I, you know, and she's like, but you're yelling behind your teeth. And I was like, Oh God, they catch on everything. Anyway. So I'm in this closet with her. So yelling behind your teeth is a thing. It's all about tone. It's all about tone. It's all about tone. It's all about that base, that base. No problem. It's all about that tone. So I'm in this closet. Oh my God. I just can't believe I just sang on the podcast. I'm in this closet. And I said, Lily, what is going on? And I said it much nicer. I'm like, Hey, sweetie pie, pumpkin schmooky. I just noticed since, you, you know, daddy said that in South Carolina, you had so much fun and you didn't have any timeouts. This is when we were doing timeouts. Oh my gosh. I wish I could like go back and shake myself. And, you know, you didn't have any timeouts and you're a really good listener and you're super calm. Like, and then I noticed when you got home, like you're the same thing, like Grady took your toy and you're like, Grady, can you just give that back to me or I'll give it back to you in five minutes. Or I peeled the banana wrong. And you just said, you know, like you didn't get all upset and like cry, cry, cry. I'm just wondering what's going on. Like, like, you know, what's, I don't know how to say it, but like what happened? You were so wild before you left and now you're not. Now you're like chill Lil. And she's like, well, my gosh, this literally changed the trajectory of my life. So listen to this. She's like, well, she's like fiddling her thumbs. You know, when when I'm home and like not to be mean or anything. And I was like, oh God, everything after not to be mean always is mean. She's like, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but here I go. She's like, not to be mean, but like when we're home and we wake up, we go like a lot of places and they're super fun, mommy. But like we go to the water park, then we'll have a play date with Sammy and then we'll go to the library and then we might go to the pool and then we have nap time, you know? And she said, and I'm like, yeah. And I'm wonder mom, do you see my cape? All that I do, all the season passes I have for all the places. And she goes, you ready for this? She's four years old, maybe five. She goes, but when I was in South Carolina, like, we didn't have to go and do all those things. And I'm like, yeah. And you were bored out of your mind. She's like, I didn't say that. And she's like, we didn't have to go and do all those things. Like we just woke up and we just would like walk outside and sit on the porch. And like, they had these really cool rocking chairs. And then we would just rock and like, look at nature. And we would just like talk to each other. And then we'd go inside and then we'd like make cookies and then we'd have lunch. And then we would go back outside. And then I would like, throw the frisbee with daddy. And then I was like, Oh my God, what? That sounds so boring. Are you kidding me? In my head, I'm not saying this. And she's like, and then we, grandma had these really cool hummingbirds and the hummingbirds were so pretty mommy, the hummingbirds. And she's telling me all about the hummingbirds. And she's like, and they were so pretty. It was like, the prettiest birds I've ever seen. And just watching them. And she had like a hummingbird feeder and then the way watching. And I was like, I'm looking like, if you could see my face during this talk, my eyeballs were popping out of my head and I'm looking around like frozen. I'm total shock. And she goes, so now when I'm home and like you make me mad or Grady makes me mad or daddy makes me mad, I just think about the hummingbirds and then that helps me calm down. I was like, what, who are you? And what have you done with my child? What she was telling me is this frenetic life that you have going on for me right now and your frenetic energy, which was super frenetic. It's pretty frenetic now, but it was like, imagine that times 15, this frenetic energy frenetic is like that, that hustle, like go, 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 go. Energy is too much for me, mommy. That's what she was saying with the hummingbird story. 
She was saying, I need you to chill out because there's so, you have such a huge personality that there's no room for me in this relationship. There's no room for me to grow or to thrive or to be my own throbbing spirit because you're so overbearing and you're so much, you're so extra that I don't have a place to have my own throbbing spirit. So that's why I'm so clingy and so hanging on and so crying because I don't know how to exist outside of you because I'm so enmeshed and codependent in this energy and this freneticness of you and this lifestyle that you've created that I don't know where I belong. So I belong nowhere. That's what she was saying. And I only know that because I learned how to meditate. I learned how to slow down. I learned how to find space within my day for myself to kind of pull away and not be so codependent and enmeshed within her, within her. And I got out of her way. And that's where I saw her grow, thrive, and, and just fly. And everybody saw it. It wasn't just me. And then my thoughts about her started changing because she taught me this other world of going slower, not being addicted to busy. And I was so addicted to busy because I was so afraid of messing up the parenting journey. So I had to double down on my parenting doing, if that makes any sense. I was so using an external factor to measure my worthiness and my value. I was using them and their lifestyle and what they were doing to reflect on me versus just allowing their throbbing spirit to be exactly what it was. Isn't that profound? Because we think we need to do, 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 do for our kids. And our kids are just begging us to be, 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 slow down. That doesn't mean you have to sit at home and stare at the wall and sing lullabies to each other. Just look at how much you're running like Forrest Gump from those negative emotions like I was to feel a certain way because I wanted a certain thing for Lily. So I overscheduled and I overdid. And Lisa Turkis says in her book, the best. Yes. I think it's in the best. Yes. She says, I knew I was the only one who could underwhelm my schedule so I could overwhelm our schedule with God and love. So I think every day, how can I underwhelm my schedule so I can overwhelm our hearts with God and love and slower, slower, slower. How can I do it when I'm going from thing to thing and doing, and how can I be in present when I'm doing the laundry? How can I be in gratitude when I'm unloading the dishwasher? How can I find what Shafali talks about as how can I find the formless within the form? Because there's still things you need to do, but what energy are you bringing that to the dishes, to the laundry, to the homework, to run, going to the soccer practices? I don't see anything that I have to do. I see now everything as I get to do. And so when I come with that energy, it's much slower and it's much calmer and it reflects in my children all day, every day. Cause I don't want to teach them that the secret to the universe is to go, 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 be, 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 go, go, go all day long. Like that doesn't sound very fun for me. It's not fun for me. So I don't want it for the kids. So you have to know that a child's behavior could be from overscheduling. It was for Lily, for sure. And she was screaming at the top of her rooftops, like, chick, you need to slow down. You need to chill out. This is too much for me. And it's so funny because now we've kind of like done a freaky Friday where now she wants to go, go, go and do all the things. And I'm like, can we just slow down? Can we just be a little bit more? And so I feel like our kids are always asking us, am I worthy? Am I valuable? Am I good enough? While we're asking ourselves the same thing. Am I worthy? Am I valuable? Am I good enough as a mom? 
but our kids are looking at us and asking us the same question about themselves. So we have to be so full of confidence and love and abundance to ourselves. And that relationship with ourselves has to be so strong and so unified within our own self. So then the child has room to grow and they can kind of thrive on their own and their own spirit versus being so closely enmeshed to us. Does that make sense? Because you have to have your own throbbing spirit separate from your child and your child has to have their own throbbing spirit separate from you because they didn't come from you. They came through you to teach you where you need to grow. So I always want you to be asking yourself the word halt. Are they hungry? Are they angry? Are they lonely? Are they tired? The root of most behavior in children is one of those four, just like it is for us as adults. When I'm hungry, when I'm angry, when I'm lonely, when I'm tired, that's when I feel like my, my vulnerabilities are very high and my defenses are very down. And so when you're going, 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 it gives you an opportunity to be one of those four at all times. And so when you're going and going and going, it creates a lot of hungry children, angry children, lonely children, or like Lily was saying, I am tired. I need you to slow down. And that frenetic energy was too much for her because she's more of a slow, she's more of an old soul, more a very calm spirit. And so it was just too much for her. And that's why South Carolina was so life-changing for her and life-changing for me because she introduced me to this whole world of not being overscheduled and not be super busy and not being addicted to busy. Because I knew if I stopped for a moment, then then all the negative emotion, I'm failing, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, I'm not valuable. All that stuff would come up. So if I just kept going and going and going and was on the treadmill of life, then I wouldn't have to think about that. I wouldn't have to think about the old pain. I wouldn't have to think about the old wounds. You don't have to think about the father that wasn't there for you. You don't have to think about the mom who gave you up for adoption. You don't have to think about the painful things if you're constantly going, going, going. And I am trying to teach you to just feel all those feelings, let it all come out, come up for you and not running from it like Forrest Gump. Because when we run from it like Forrest Gump, we exhaust ourselves, we exhaust our children and exhausted children act out always and forever. Amen. So instead of being, you would have that calm relationship with yourself then you're not seeking it so much externally. And then when you fall into who you are, then your children fall into who they are. And then they're more comfortable living the B minus life. Then they're more comfortable slipping up. And they know that it's the average of who they are versus defined over one thing because your value and your worthiness was given to you when you were born. When you know that, it's game on like Donkey Kong. And when you can teach that to your kids, then they're not looking externally for their value and their worthiness. And that, my friend, is what I call fun, fun living. Because when you have this type of energy within yourself, then you can give that gift to your child. So this relationship with yourself that I'm always talking about being so important really matters because if you're not spending time with yourself, thinking about your thinking, it's the same thing that would happen if I wasn't spending time with David, if I wasn't talking nicely to him, if I wasn't treating him nicely. It's the same thing we're doing to ourselves when we don't give any time for ourselves and we're just going, going, going and running and running and running. Then we're just exhausted all the time. Instead of looking at your child as giving you a hard time, I want you to change it as they're having a hard time. When you can see your child as having a hard time versus giving you a hard time, then you're not on this roller coaster of emotions all day long and running like Forrest Gump. 
because you're like, oh, this is all happening for me. It's not happening to me. And you accept the as is of every single moment. So thanks for listening. Slow down your schedule, slow down your life and have a relationship with yourself because it's the most important relationship you're going to have in your entire life because it sets the tone for all the other relationships within your four walls, especially the one with your kids. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. And please keep commenting and leaving reviews. And they mean the world to me. It's very hard to put myself out there, but I have to put myself out there to help more families. I love you guys. And I'll see you next week. Hey, mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt resonating moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.